0: This morning, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a right turn when I look at the Scripture. Uh, most of you are going to recognize it. Has anybody ever heard a message about feeding 5,000 people or men or 4,000? Okay, have you heard a message? Raise your hand. And I raise my hand, I've heard them, and I've preached them. This morning in chapter 8 of the book of Mark, is that story of the 4,000. And to answer a question somebody asked me one time, these are two different events and two different locations, okay? But when I looked at this as I was studying for this, uh, it didn't come out like it normally did because I saw something a little bit different in here. Uh, You've probably heard of this too. But I think it's something that is good for us to be reminded of. While we live in this world, and we have to take the good with the bad, it's kind of like a Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And uh, too many times it's just bad and ugly, but we, we need to understand as a child of God We actually live under a different standard and a different set of rules because our God is sovereign. And our God loves his children. He He loves to do things that confounds the world. And he loves to do these things that show you and I who are living in this world... God is large and in charge. Amen? He's large and in charge. And when I looked at this story, I saw something different. Let's read what Mark wrote in uh, chapter 8, verse 1. It said, During those days, you notice the word, another large cloud had gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said... I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days. You know, we we don't get everything that was going on in three days. But these these people have been following him, watching him, listening to him, bearing his teaching. They've been with him three days and they've had nothing to eat. If you've ever gone into that section of the world, there's not a 7-Eleven on every corner. And there's not a lot of McDonald's. And Burger Kings and the like Where you can just drop in It kind of reminds me I was in India one time And when I was coming back from northern India Out of the Himalayas They have a train It's a wood burning uh, Burns wood And it goes down the mountain And its claim to fame is It has over 350 turns and I was told by someone, you need to take that train. It's unique. And it was unique. But as I stood next to everybody at the station, I noticed everybody had a plastic bag of bread. And, you know, I just looked and, and didn't think anything about it till I got halfway down the mountain. Because this train goes slow. You're talking about about a four and a half hour ride. Down the, this track. And I found out why everybody had a sack of bread. <laughs> Cause you get hungry. And thankfully there was a lady that sat across from me and she looked at me and I must have looked hungry and she broke some of her bread and gave it to me. So I can understand these guys. They've been around. They haven't had anything to eat. He said if I send them home hungry, they're gonna collapse on the way. Because some of them have come a long distance His disciples answered But we're in this remote area Or can anyone get enough bread to feed them How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked Seven, they replied He told the crowd to sit down on the ground And when he had taken the seven loaves And given thanks He broke them and gave them to his disciples To set before the people And they did so They had a few small fish as well. And he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples, distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. And having sent them away... He got into the boat with his disciples, and he went into the region of Dalmanutha. 4,000 men. They didn't count women. They didn't count children then. Just once again, God showed a law. Now, I find it wonderful. I don't know if it's a correct sequence because everything is not always written in sequence in these stories. But right under that in 11, we see the sad sack Pharisees showing up and they said to Jesus, show us a sign and we'll believe. Now, to me, that's comedy in Scripture. Because all through this, the Pharisee had watched him heal a deaf and mute man. He had watched him heal a leper. He had watched them feed... Uh, over 5,000 men, they had watched all of this and yet again, they said, give me a sign. Jesus' sign to that generation and to us is this. It doesn't matter what the market says, there is a law of the harvest. You know, we live in a, in a, uh, a time when people are rewriting history. They're trying to reconstruct things. But I'm waiting for them to rewrite the law of gravity. Okay? I You know, I don't want to be malicious. But it's like, if you don't believe the law of gravity, get on your roof and jump off. Okay? And just see if you stay there. See, when something's the law, it doesn't change Because people don't believe it. And it doesn't change because people don't practice it. It is a law. And God has a law of the harvest. In Galatians chapter 6, we find these couple of verses. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now hold that right there. In this term, he's not talking about farming, okay? We need to get that. There is a law of the harvest to farming. But in this instance, God is talking about we. A person will reap what he sows. Go ahead. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature, will recap. Destruction, the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Sowing and reaping. You may not think about it, but you do that every day. Life is filled with choices. Every day we make choices. Today you got up, you made a choice on what you were going to wear. You made a choice that you were coming We live with choices. And I can't help that in the world we are not held accountable or people don't want to be held accountable. But there is a law in place that says if you sow evil, you will receive back evil. If you sow good, you will sow good back. That verse ends up saying, don't be weary in doing good. You will reap if you don't give up. And you see, perseverance is what the Bible calls for in every man, woman, boy, and girl that follows Christ. Keeping on, keeping on. Don't let things get you down. You see, that's a part of your light that shines. The life that we live in Christ is not, is not like the life that other people live in this world. We, we live in a place where people have despaired because there is no hope. And yet as we live our life and as we trust God and as we pay attention to these very important laws, God will shine in our life. Rule number one, we reap only what has been sown. What does that mean? If you make a bad choice, you can't wish it away and make it a good choice. So we really need to think about what our choices are. In Ephesians chapter 5, find these words. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be foolish. We, we live in foolish times. In fact, it helps for us to have a sense of humor. If you'd have been in our pre-production meeting this morning, we were laughing and having a good time. Because you see, we can. We don't know what's going to take place the next moment. We don't even know what's going to take place in the next minute. But whatever takes place, it's going to glorify God and be good for us. And so when we live in this world, we simply need to understand that the choices that we make, good or bad, do we flesh, do we sow choices that benefit what we want in our flesh? Or do we sow choices that will bring glory and God, glory to God and strengthen us in our walk? A good choice will be a good choice and a bad choice is going to be a bad choice. Second law, we reap the same kind we sow. Look at Genesis chapter one. We're going to read several verses. Then the Lord said, let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees and the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetations, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Going on down, verses 24 through 25 or 21, God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, I like that, according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. And God said, let us let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, creatures that move along the ground. Also wild animals according to its kind. And it was so. I thought long and hard about this. And I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Don't get sucked in to the philosophy of this world. You are not being mean or hateful when you don't accept the fact that a man born a man is a man and a a woman born a woman is a woman and you can put all the surgery and pills you want to, and you still got a man that looks very ugly in a dress and a woman that looks like a butch in a pair of pants. That's the fact of life. I I want you to understand nobody has ever come up in science and said, your DNA changes because you do stuff. Now, you don't have to be hateful towards the people, but you have to understand, you don't have to believe that garbage, and you don't have to go along with it. I mean, friends, you you can take a pig and put a dress and perfume and lipstick on it, but you still wind up with a pig in a dress with lipstick and perfume. And and we need to understand God is a God of order and there are laws that determine what happens in this world. And just because the society has gone vastly stupid, that doesn't change the law. We need to understand God gave us these laws in order to operate in, in this world. In order to have hope in this world. Not to give up in this world. And I know that if you get enough stuff crammed in your head, you begin to sway a little bit. But that's where perseverance comes in. Get in the word of God. Understand the Word of God will explain life very explicitly, very clearly so that we know what's going on. Third, we reap in a different season than we sow. I remember when my little granddaughter, now 25. Ah Lord, I remember when she's about that high. She always wanted to plant. We always had a garden. And we always made a section for Callie. And she would come and she would plant whatever vegetables she wanted. And then we would have a space that she would plant seeds uh, for flowers. And every day after school, when she came to our house to wait on her parents, she would go through the house to the garden and sit and wait and wait and look. And she would say, Pops, do you think there... There, there's something wrong no baby it takes a while to German. and i try to explain she would take that the next day come in from school zip through the house and go look at her plants sometimes when we make bad choices and nothing happens we continue to make bad choices because we don't believe there's a law in place that says what you sow you will reap You're not always going to reap the results of what you sow. Either bad or good, you're not going to immediately, just like it takes a while for that seed to germinate, take root downward before it takes root and grows upward, so does the things that we sow. And that's how we get lulled into sleep. The devil will say, see there, you did that. You were nasty to that person. Or you did this and you didn't get caught. But one day, it'll come back and it'll be there. Why? There is a law in place that says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. For we reap more than we sow. Now, if this were not true... No farmer would plant a seed, would they? No, I mean, it's like the man I heard. He bought a pickup truck and he said, I'm going to get rich selling watermelons in Florida. And so what he'd do, he got in his truck and he went to Georgia. He bought a truckload of melons for a dollar apiece, came back to Florida and sold them for a dollar apiece. And after he'd sold all of his melons, he told his wife. We didn't make any. His wife said, Where's the money? She said, Well, I don't know. For some reason we didn't make any. But don't worry, honey, I know what to do. I'm gonna buy twice as many melons up there and come back. See, that's that's not a law that works. I mean, we are going to reap on an abundance of if we sow good over the seasons of our life that good. Is going to come back more than we actually sowed. And if we are sowing evil thoughts in our minds, see, sowing seeds doesn't necessarily have to be towards someone else. We can sow, sow evil thoughts into our mind, which will cause us to lean towards the flesh and the things that that seed happens. We just Need to watch out. And one of the best things to do when you're trying to live under the law of the harvest is know the scripture and know the word of God. Hosea 8 explains it like this. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no head. It will produce no flower. Were it to yield grain, foreigners would swallow it up. Hosea was simply saying what Israel was doing. They were sowing the wind and they reaped a hurricane, uh, to put it into perspective. So, we need to understand whatever we sow, that's going to come back to us in an abundance. Fifth, we reap in proportion to what we sow. God's part. Is that whatever is sown is multiplied many times. Man's part is to trust in God's sovereign promise, His mercy and His providence, and sow all that we can. Second Corinthians nine six. Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. That is the law of the harvest. That is not the law of name it and claim it. See, we are being robbed by being afraid to claim promises to live under the law of God for fear Some of the heresy, some of the things that we see may be true. Understand something. When you know the truth, it'll set you free and you'll know what is false. This isn't a false doctrine. It is the law of the harvest. As we sow, God's multiplication comes into play. They had a few loaves of fish, uh, of bread, and it didn't say how much fish they had. But it did say how much they had left over. You see, something in God's hands will multitude and meet the need that is there. In fact, in Malachi, that passage of Scripture where God has said to Israel, "You guys are robbing me. You're robbing me because you're withholding tithes and offerings." And God said this: "I want you to. Try, I want you to try me. I want you to test me." I want you to just see if what I say is true. And he said, you'll find out. I'll open the windows of heaven. And the the scripture says, it says, until the need is met. Folks, we need to understand the word of God was written to us more than just to tell us what happened in the Bible. It is a chart on how to live life i've had people say you know you get a have to have a driver's license to drive a car but you don't have to have any license to have a child and there's no instructions no practice to have a child yes there is what do you think the word of god is it's how to have a marriage how to live life how to invest your time where to give your time your presence your efforts the word of God is a instruction manual, not just for life, but the abundant life, the life that will allow us to go through life with a fullness and with a lack of worry, simply because God is in charge. Sixth law is we reap the full harvest of good if we persevere. The evil comes to the harvest. On its own. You say, what happens when I, have you ever said something that you thought it was good and it was good and you had a good spirit about it and and it wound up being taken for bad? Have you ever had that happen? I heard some of you thinking, saying, well, not every time when you sow something good. Look at Matthew 13. I mean, to show you what happened. Jesus told them another parable kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field but while everyone was sleeping his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away and when the heat sprouted and formed heads then the weeds also appeared the owner's servants came and said to him sir didn't you sow good seed in your field where then did the weeds come from We have an enemy. You had an enemy this morning when you got out of bed. You have an enemy tonight when you get back in that bed and go to sleep. It doesn't matter what you do. You will have an enemy that will try to put weeds in what you have done. We don't get discouraged over that. Because again, our God is sovereign. So what's the key? It's knowing the word of God, but it's not just knowing the word of God. It's how to apply the word of God. You know, so many times we get bogged down. We're in the midst of trying to help someone else. And we wind up, our life is a wreck. It's a mess. Because of a lack of application of the scriptures that we know. I read this story. It said a man was riding down the interstate and he noticed a huge semi-trailer uh, broke down. And when they rode by, they saw that one of the front wheels was off. And so he stopped and asked the guy, is there anything I can do to help you? The man said, no, uh, I've just burned out a wheel bearing." And they're sending another one down. So I've got it under control. said the man got back in his car and he couldn't help but see the writing on the side of the truck. And it said, Standard Oil of Kentucky Lubricants. Here's a truck carrying grease who lost a bearing because of a lack of grease. The sad part of that, we're just like that driver many times. We carry the scriptures, the words of life. But we do not apply them. And to know without application in reality is not to know at all. Finally, this last law. You can't do anything about last year's harvest, but you can this year's. I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands, but I want you to be honest. Have you ever failed? Do you let that failure guide your life? I know people our age who are still reliving failure after failure that they've had they have allowed one failure in life to turn in to their life they have allowed one happening in one day to determine the story of all of their life listen you can't do anything about the past hindsight yes 2020 But even though you can see in the past what you should have done, you can't go back to the past and undo it. Back to the future was a movie. It is not reality in life. So what do we do? Well, we learn to live with the consequences of our failure. Just understand, in the law of the harvest, our failure will have uh, consequences. So how did you do that? Well, you confess your failure to God. Psalms 32, 5. Then I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover up my iniquity. That's what I call powder puff prayers. You try to convince God that it wasn't as bad as it was and you go away without a sense of forgiveness Because we just simply have not repented. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you, God, forgave the guilt of my sin, Selah. You need to understand, if you're dealing with guilt, and you've asked God to forgive your sin, and you still feel guilty, that's the work of the evil one. Because the Holy Spirit does not bring guilt into your life. The Holy Spirit brings conviction that there is an issue that you need to take to God. But guilt is all of the devil. You need to learn to rest in God's forgiveness. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered. We are blessed. And we need to rest in that. Do you realize that there is a majority of people who have spent their life afraid to venture out beyond where they are for fear they would fail one more time because that failure is still in their mind. Do you understand that when you go to God and you confess... You leave it with him. It's like saying, Lord, I did this. I confess my sin. I'm bringing it to you. It's under the blood of Jesus. I'm I'm leaving it with you. You do what what you want to. And God said, I'll toss it into the sea of forgetfulness. And I'll never remember it again. We need to learn from our failures. Psalms 119, about three verses. I have considered my ways and I've turned my steps to your statutes. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Do you see what this fellow saying? Had I not suffered... Because of what I did, I would not have learned. You see, sometimes as parents, we discipline because we're mad. You know, have, have you ever, just think about it. Have you ever just spanked your child? And if that bothers you online, that's tough. Spare the rod, spoil the child. We're living with generations of spoiled kids because they don't know what a belt on their butt is, okay? I'll just, that's a commentary, and uh, we'll go on. But have you ever done that out of anger? How dare you disobey me, and you just wail into them. That's not how God is. And too many times that's what we've experienced from our parents. And we think if I go confess my sins to God, then he's going to be mad at me and he's just going to beat me up. No, he wants to show you. Do you see the result of your sin? Can you see and enjoy the results of your forgiveness? Philippians 3.13 and 14 says this. Brothers, I do not consider myself... Yet to have taken hold of it, and that's that abundant life. But the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. The goal to the win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, in Christ Jesus. Understand something today. One of the pities and one of the things that drives hope out of your mind is when you live in the past I have counseled couples and when they would come into my office I would think that I went back in time 25 years because when I would say to them what's going on they would begin to relate to me stuff that went on 25 years ago and they're still mad and I would say, well, did you forgive each other? Yeah, we forgave each other. But yet they had vivid memories. Let me tell you what the past does. The past will take a speck and blow it into a boulder. And if you don't believe so, go to a high school reunion. Talk to your friends and see what y'all remember. My 10-yard touchdown was 100 yards. And I didn't just go through 11 players. They had 22 on the field and I got through there. And you, you sit there and you, you bold up the stuff that was good. But by the same token, when you don't wash that memory away and focus on the future, it makes the wrong, the evil and the bad that much worse. And it becomes a jail. That even folks our age are still living in. Amen. This morning, forget the past. It's over. You couldn't change it if you want to. One of the sayings I always hear, and I've been guilty of saying it myself. If I could just go back. You know what I've discovered in life? If I could go back and undo that. God only knows what I would mess up when I went back. See, that's why we can't go back. We live in this life and we're traveling. And God, through the law of the harvest and through his mercy and his grace, has given us these encouragements to live above circumstances and to live above the things of this world. In Christ Jesus. Do you know Christ today personally? Not historically. Personally. Today's the the right day. We are going to have some people here. There, the counseling room is open. If you want to have a private conversation with someone. I'm going to have a couple of ladies down here. On this side. If you have something you would like to pray about. Uh, please. Use this time. But I want to urge you. Live within the laws of God and use them for your benefit. That's why they're there. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the law of the harvest. Forgive us, Lord, that we are not investing through sowing in the things of the Lord God. Today, draw to you those you are calling